Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Up ahead this hour, we'll have for you Hashtag Taiwan with Leslie Liao and Status Updates with John, Shirley, and Stash. But first up, here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, May 11th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In the studio today, we have Leslie Liao. Hello. We have Stash Butler. Hello, hello. We have me, Andrew Ryan. In today's show, we're going to tell you how Stash wants to party with the EU. <laughs> We've got some line stickers that were taken down because they look a little bit too much like a legislator. And we have a passenger plane making an emergency landing at the Taipei Airport. All that and more in today's Here in Taiwan. All right, Stash, why do you want to party with the EU? What's I, that about? I always want to party with the EU, although no, <laughs> yeah, now the UK lo no longer can. Uh, it Aww. parties alongside the EU. Uh, no, well, so uh, actually I was in Huashan Creative Park in yes. kind of, what, yeah, northern Taipei, I guess you'd say. Uh, it's a really kind of cool, artsy kind of place. It's an old, what do we say? What was, what was the a distillery. Uh, distillery. Dist old distillery, kind of like so old buildings kind of turned into kind of little shops and cinemas and stuff. Uh, and I was there for the Taipei International Documentary Festival, which was very Ooh, cool. Very nice. Uh, and then upon emerging from my my documentary of choice, which was very good, incidentally, I encountered this EU festival. Yeah, oh. which is like just basically loads of stalls uh, and a couple of Italian guys singing on a stage and thanking <laughs> Taiwan. Yeah, it was it was great. It sounds uh, very European. Very very European indeed. Uh, there was no there was no cheese. I'm trying to think if there's some French cheese. No, there wasn't any cheese. There was some Swedish whiskey which I tried. Uh, and and yeah, it was it was really 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 very nice. Um, there was a good Polish contingent. Um, yeah, that was it was it was great. It was really kind of like nice thing out on the out on the grass, kind of behind. Fun. Lots yeah. of people. Lots of people with yeah. their pets. Lots of people with their pets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We love the people and their pets. What's a European pet? What how about a European dog? Can you name a European dog? Can I name a um <laughs> one European uh, uh what do we go for? German Shepherd. German Shepherd. Oh, that's a good uh, one. English Bulldog. Well, oh, no, I'm sorry. French Bulldog. French, what? Very nice. Yeah, French Bulldog. Is that a thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dachshunds? Yeah, uh, Dachshund. Yeah, that's, that's got a German name. It's got a German ring to it, certainly. Um, yeah, so... Labrador and German Shepherds. Uh, Nasir Aziz tells us he likes a Labrador and a German Shepherd. Oh, I do like a Labrador now and then. Border Collie? Border, border Collie. collie. <laughs> Where is that? I don't know. What border is that on? Um, what border is that on? <laughs> it's got to be it's got near a border. We just don't know which one. Let me check this out. We or seem to have more questions than answers today, guys. Border. Oh, uh, that's what I thought. I thought it was Scottish. Anglo-Scottish. From the Ang That's that border. It's the Anglo-Scottish border. Is that what it is? Yeah, seems so. Oh, highly wow. intelligent, extremely energetic, acrobatic, and athletic. Whoever wrote this Wikipedia article is a big fan. <laughs> they of love border. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Anyway, this EU festival, um, and yeah, and Filip Grzegorzewski, 
Uh, <laughs> Leslie's name, man with a favorite name. Always gives me a hard time, man. <laughs> name always gives me a hard time. Yeah, Polish names not not easy. He was the he's the EU representative in uh, in uh, in Taiwan. He was there along with Foreign uh, Minister Joseph Wu, and they were kind of yeah attending and probably eating and drinking and doing stuff. European things. I didn't see him there though. I was going to sort of seek him out. What would a European activity be? A pan-European activity. Yes, that's something quite that difficult. all Europeans do in common. Mm. Using the same currency. Oh, that's a well, good one. Buying things with euros. With euros, yeah, but not all EU states use the euro. That is true. Yeah. Um, I'm too, that's probably that's probably a key question. The question you've just posed is probably key <laughs> to the survival of the European <laughs> Union. So yeah, I good. think there are some some people you know thinking a lot about this question. I don't know if we're just going to be able to come up with the answers here. Good thing Andrew didn't pose that question at the event itself. Yeah. So what, what binds would, all European just nations? Crickets, well, just okay, fine. So actually, so so what what the <laughs> Philip Zagorzewski? I can quote him. He thinks that. He says the EU and Taiwan may seem far away from each other geographically, but uh, they are connected through common values they share as like-minded partners such as democracy, human rights, and the rule of law. So, I mean, to be fair, uh, actually some of those things are backsliding in certain parts of the EU, so we can't trumpet our claims too loudly. <laughs> the trumpet rule of law <laughs> seems pretty authoritarian, like... Well, yes, uh, in, in certain parts. But, but yeah, I mean, broadly speaking, you could say those things are, are shared between... EU states and uh, and Taiwan as well. I we guess. don't have anything more recreational. Anything more recreational than democracy and human rights? Uh, <laughs> what did you do at the weekend? <laughs> a bit of bit of human rights. A little so, bit of democracy. <laughs> Some freelance democracy. I mean, maybe like drinking. That's pretty much the only thing I can think of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe eating. I mean, just general activity of eating. Yeah. Whether there's a specific food, bread. I don't know. Soccer. Oh. Yeah, that's that's not a bad that's not a bad one actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Andrew and I yeah. have already removed ourselves from these. Yeah, this let's go with that. Situation by our soccer. soccer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I declare you the expert, and uh, we have an answer. So there we go. Uh, well, so it sounds like you had a fun weekend. Did you get anything anything exciting, Leslie? Uh, I went to a concert. Ooh, I went to um. Oh, I, I interviewed my friend Janice. Oh, Janice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a, she had a yeah. concert and um, she tore it up. She was singing Cantonese, Chinese, English songs. It was just something for everybody up there. Wow, oh, that sounds amazing. Where yeah. was it up? It was actually it was where Stas was. Stas oh, was. Wait, what? Poisson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Is, is she European too? Yeah, she might be. <laughs> it's possible. It sounds like she had all in, the, her bases covered. In that, in that kind of uh, thing next to this, that bit next to the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, right next to it. It was like a big warehouse, Legacy. Right? Yeah, yeah, Legacy. Uh, so, yeah. I've seen people going in there. I've never, never been in myself. Yeah, I was it's fun. Well, I, I went to run into you. Oh, no. What day wow. Were you there yesterday? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was there the day before. Oh, okay, right. Well, there you go. I was watching Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh, lucky. Yeah. So what did you get up to this weekend? And yes, I'm looking at you, the camera over there. Uh, all of you who are watching, did you uh, have any fun this weekend? Um, what do we have here for a oh, Eurovision? That's a great answer for what mm. Europeans do from Jen. That's oh, true. Yeah. That's also common to some non-European countries, which is, you know, it's quite weird. You know, you have kind of Israel and Australia taking mm-hmm. part in Eurovision. Yeah. Seems kind of odd. But like, it does seem odd. For yeah. some reason, As I always Bajan. feel like Eurovision is when the um, the smaller EU states really shine. Yeah. Like, what was it? The, 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 there's, a, there's a saxophone guy from Moldova that got, <laughs> that got really famous, and, like, he just blew up the internet. Because he <laughs> was just... Yeah. The UK never does well on Eurovision. And I think... It, I, I do think... 
I don't know. I'm not sure how much it's a reflection of music or just geopolitics. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like a lot of it is like, yeah, everyone just hating on hating on certain yeah certain countries certain just countries. Let's put, put it that way, right? Uh, we have some more funny responses here. Michael Richmond says, "Larping democracy, lol." <laughs> <laughs> Live action, real playing, yeah. role playing. Um, uh, let's see. We also have listener uh, writing to us from. Uh, uh, Sheikhpura, Pakistan. Uh, Ijaz Karim, hello. Hello. Uh, good to have you along. Um, let's see. Uh, we've got more things coming in. Why is the Israel part of the EU? It is in Asia. That's an excellent well, question. Well, it's not part of the EU. It's part of Eurovision. Uh, yes. That's, that's, those are the different things. I don't know. I mean, it's a good question, uh, Nasir. I have no idea why... Israel is in Eurovision. Uh, I think because they can field candidates that are campy enough to be on Eurovision. Maybe that's the thing. It's yeah. how how campy your your candidates. Yeah, I think they do. They do. They Surely have some the US poems. could do that. Surely, there's I enough mean, of you. <laughs> <laughs> you mean wait? They, they, they have the US join Eurovision? Uh, no, but as I'm saying, like you know, if if we're looking for for campy candidates, I, I think like, if, I, I think further definitely. to expand. Yeah. I think there's a camp factor there. I think that there would be a huge protest yeah. from most of Europe yeah. if the United yeah, States yeah, yeah, was yeah. involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you have to have you have to have a little je ne sais quoi about you. I guess yeah, all, and, and uh, all of the yeah, like I suppose the countries that have joined so far that aren't in the E or in Europe. I mean, because it's like for example, like Russia is in Europe, but it's not in the EU, and other countries. Um, but I guess they're all kind of smaller, at least population-wise. I mean, Australia is very big, but it's only got like what nine million people or something. Yeah. So they're all they they, they none of them feel like they're going to dwarf the whole competition. Yeah. Whereas I think like if the if the US joined, we'd feel very intimidated. Yeah. Yeah. And and not in a fun intimidated way. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> So we have some uh, new developments to share with you. Um, I think uh, let's start off with the more pressing ones. Passenger plane makes emergency landing at Taipei Airport. Yeah, yeah, this is really scary. So I mean, I come like I said, I come past this airport every morning on my commute here uh, on the Brown Line. You get a scenic view over Songshan Airport, which is very close. I mean, as kind of big passenger airports go to the center of Taipei. I mean, it's like basically it's in, in Taipei. The the airport is between us and the rest of Taipei, yeah. where we here are here at RTI. To get to the like the main intersection at downtown Taipei, mm. you'd have to go underneath the airport. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so it, it's you know it's right in the bang in the middle. And yeah, this this morning at eleven a.m. there was an emergency landing. There was a plane uh, from Uni Air, which is a sub. You saying it's a subdivision of Eva Air? That's right. Um, it was flying to Mazu's outlying islands uh, of Taiwan, um, and then about you know at the point of landing, basically the pilot, I guess, was you know extending the uh the the wheels the landing gear yeah. yeah and realized that two of the tires were burst out of oh. how many out of four i believe yeah. okay i mean oh, actually maybe it'll be f- three it's usually i mean two. of the kind of three bits where you have wheels one of the three was was burst wow um and so this 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 pilot basically made the decision that i guess you know based on sort of safety and what locals could do to help it would not be good to land in Mansell, but instead flew all the way back to Songshan. Obviously, it's not that far. Um, probably how far have you made that journey before? It's about forty-five minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It's I think it's similar to flying to either Jinmen or or Penghu. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I mean, it took him about yeah, it took him actually I think exactly an hour to get all the way back uh, and then landed and did an emergency landing. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, no one was hurt. Everything was fine. 
Um, but it, it did take the airport out of action. Commission, for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So until two thirty, it was there were no flights. Um, yeah. But good on the pilot for uh, for being able to land yeah. that bird. Yeah. Well done. Uh, always like to see a, a happy ending on stories like that. Of course. So Mother's Day was on Sunday. Um, apparently, the social media app, the text messaging app Line, yeah. which is the most popular app here in Taiwan mm-hmm. uh, by far, I think. Yeah. Uh, they had some Mother's Day stickers that were taken down because they looked too much like a legislator. Well, now the um, Line uh, now offers community submissions for stickers. So like anybody can submit stickers and have them sold on the Line platform. And that's one of the things about Line, right? You can have all these little stickers to like express yourself, and you get to pay for those stickers. If you want premium stickers, there's free ones. But one online artist, his name is Xi Junxianshen. I guess his name would be Mr. Germ Ew. in English. Okay, Ooh. bacteria so, man. <laughs> yeah, he designed a um, a set of stickers uh, for the chat app, and this was for Mother's Day, and it just features uh, a middle-aged woman who, you know. It's just common sayings that your mom tells you. Yeah, like what? Uh, like make your like, bed. Oh, your yeah, your uh, son, you're so cute. <laughs> and then it's, it's, it's like one thing is like give give mom your red envelope. I'm gonna take care of it for you. Oh, that's like, the common one. At, at Lunar New Year, like yeah, the kids, yeah. whenever they get money, they have to give it to the parents to watch over uh, it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then there's like also stickers of like the mom asking like when are you coming back four in the morning five in the morning no um, and the thing is apparently Mr. Germ didn't expect the line platform to approve his stickers because the motherly character featured in his stickers looks a lot like a legislator and we, by that we mean a specific one not, a spe- just, not, a, not, oh, kind of not a just like a general <laughs> one it's like a very specific one even Mr. Germ himself was just like uh, you know what I didn't expect Line to approve my stickers because I thought, even I thought they looked too much like so I have to this ask, legislator. Mm-hmm. Is there something in their like chart that says you can't have stickers that look like somebody unless you're that person that makes them? Or like, what's the know. issue? Or is it more of an issue of if it looks like somebody, then people won't want to use it? Or is, or is it kind of like a defamation thing where oh. maybe it puts line at risk of, of being... You too know, much parody? I mean, I don't know much about Taiwan defama- defamation law, but I know it's pretty... If you guys want to make yeah. stickers about me that are super cute and put them up online, <laughs> I will definitely be on board yeah. with that. I promise you. Get your cute Andrew stickers. <laughs> <laughs> what would I? What would stickers of me say? Uh, I don't know. Probably something to do with here in Taiwan. Be something. Me nagging somebody Probably about like something. Little manic trumpet. Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> your things like Sad that. trumpet. <laughs> Who is the lawmaker? Uh, the ask? lawmaker is Chen Yuzhen. She's from the KMT, the opposition KMT, and she's. Uh, she is known for being a kind of an outspoken legislator, to say the least. And okay. she's usually she's every time something political happens, I see her on the t on the news like eight out of ten times. Oh, can I see her commenting. face again? Actually. Yeah, 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 I feel like I've I feel like I have seen her. Yeah, I think I've seen her commenting on. She's she, she's probably kind of used quite a lot of media. 
yeah he would comment you know get so, a voice so i guess i still don't really understand like the the, the guy that created it mm-hmm. mr germ he yeah. did not intend for it to look like her but once somebody pointed out he's like oh yeah you're right i see the resemblance no he's very wishy-washy about this because he was just like i can't believe line when his sticker says first got approved he was like i can't believe it got approved because i thought it looked too much like this legislator and then after it did and then like after it did get approved he was just like i guess I didn't draw it like her enough. I guess these stickers didn't resemble her enough to get it not approved. It wasn't enough of a resemblance to get banned straight yeah, yeah, away. Yeah. But, but he so so like he seems proud and not proud at the same time. Right. Oh. But then like after someone so pointed they out, went up and then they came down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't see the problem. At least they look kind of funny. I'd, yeah, I'd be glad to use them. I'd be glad to use them. <laughs> I got my own specialized sticker sets. We're good. Yeah. Do you have? Do you actually have stickers? No, I don't. I don't have like my own sticker sets, but I got like my favorite set of stickers. Uh, I used to be one of those guys who'd be like I'll never pay for stickers, but then someone <laughs> was just like, "All right, I'll get these." Yeah. yeah. I I don't have any in line because you have to pay for them. Yeah. I'm not a fan, but yeah. I have some fun ones on Facebook. Oh yeah. Dogs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Happy yeah those ones are good. I mean, do you, do you pay for those ones or just no, the free ones? They're yeah. all free. Those yeah. ones are good. Yeah. So some good news for seniors in Taiwan. Mm. Uh, the vaccine rollout has extended to include all seniors, so all people over 65. Before we get into that, I would like to ask all of our listeners, are you vaccinated yet? Uh, if you're vaccinated, let's do a little um, show of hands. Uh, mm. Well, certainly for us in the studio, I think none of us are vaccinated. No, no. Uh, it's actually quite difficult to get a vaccine in Taiwan if you are young and able-bodied. Mm. Um, and handsome. And handsome. <laughs> it's a big it's deterrent. It's particularly tough. It is affecting the hosts of our... our dashingly handsome as all of us here. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Who's who's gotten a vaccine? I know that Jen Delari has gotten vaccinated. She just mentioned that in one of her messages, saying that she um, was out and about over the weekend. Who else uh, has gotten vaccinated? Mr. Aziz says he's not vaccinated yet. Okay. Um, First I think, thing Jen Dolari did was go get Taiwanese food, which is, uh, I am all for that. <laughs> I, I think you can get citizenship for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, honorary. Um, Ganesan Muthuswami uh, from, I'm going to find out where that is, but he says yes. Okay, I, excellent. I believe that is in India, but I will have a have a look for it. Yes, we're in, in, in Goa then, in the state of Goa, mm. in India. That's really good. I'm glad to hear that because I know that India has been having a tough time and of course, our uh, thoughts are with the people of India yeah. uh, as you're you're facing those big numbers. We have Michael Richmond says, first one done, second one on the 18th of May for me. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to getting a vaccine. Yeah. Um, but it might be a little while longer. I think it's a little bit difficult to get one now. Yeah. Uh, you can pay for one, but I've heard that it's all filled up. I, I think it, it's not completely full up. I think I think if you you can find places where it's still available, basically, mm. um, yeah. And I think those will probably become more and more available as we approach mid June, which is, of course is when the second of our two batches of uh, AstraZeneca vaccines expires. So okay, I mean, the first one's going to expire at the end of this month. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about Moderna? When are we getting those? Uh, I believe 
the last we heard was in May. So, okay. uh, but you know, I think they're they're slightly kind of like, you know giving their best guess basically. So I think it's probably going to be yeah. May, or May or June. Okay, guessing up. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like you said, Andrew, they opened it up to um, sixty five years and older, and this is not like self pay. This is like the government's going to pay for everything, and the reason why they're doing this is because. Uh, seniors not only do they make up a huge chunk of the population with over like 3 million people uh, over 65 in Taiwan they also have the highest willingness some one of the highest willingness to get the the vaccine at 52.5% and you might think that's not much if you're not in Taiwan but like in Taiwan vaccine I, I don't think there's much of a pressing need to mm. get the vaccine so there's no real urgency for people here but I have noticed, though, okay, so in the last, uh, let's say, 10 days or so, w- since we had this China Airlines mm. and Novotel Hotel outbreak, yeah. Yeah. Um, there have been, uh, we're saying close to three dozen people have come down with COVID or have been diagnosed with COVID in that period. Local local transmissions. Those mm. are, and yeah. the, most of the, almost all of those are local transmissions. Yeah. Um, not exclusively, though. Mm. And uh, But I think that when you see big numbers like that, um, and actually today, a Monday, there were 15 new cases, of which 11 were imported. And usually the imported ones, like, it shouldn't be too alarming because yeah. those are people who are in quarantine when they were, you know, diagnosed with COVID. Mm. Um, but when you see big numbers like that, the kind of like the the, the fear in Taiwan. It just kind tenses of, yeah. up, right? It just, it, 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 it skyrockets. Yeah. So even though the, like, the comparative risk of getting COVID in Taiwan right now, um, where, you know, daily local transmissions are in the single digits... Um, even though that's the case, I think that maybe this is what is propelling maybe senior citizens to be more interested in getting a vaccine. Yeah. Mm. Just the, the perceived, um, danger of transmission. Yeah. Mm. I I guess, yeah, I think for a lot of people it's a kind of, you know, the equation in terms of sort of trade off of, you know, whatever risk, whatever it is, uh, you know, from not getting the vaccine and getting the vaccine is different in Taiwan to, yeah. to everywhere else. And mm. so everywhere you go, it's a different it's a different calculation. I mean, I still think that regardless, I think the calculation is should be in favor of getting it in Taiwan, don't get me wrong, but I think it is, it's it's weaker in this in, relatively to other countries because of our low transmission yeah. here. Mm. And uh, one of the reasons why the CECC opened up this criteria last week, last Thursday, is because like Stash said, we have some vaccines. The first batch of vaccines that Taiwan received is set to expire at the end of this month. Mm. And health officials are really rushing to kind of, you know, get them all dished out. Mm. Um, some statistics for you guys right now. About 90, 91,002 people are have received the vaccines. And um, they said that ever since they opened up for seniors, um, the appointment systems for the for the vaccines across most hospitals have been filled up pretty well. And um, since the morning, like there have been lines in order to go get uh, vaccines, which bodes well. I, I, I don't I don't want to think that vaccines are going to waste. You yeah, know, perfectly yeah. yeah that'd be a shame. Um, so whatever the government can do to make sure that I mean, the government's paying for it. Right. And these are also your tax dollars at work. Mm. So you're, you want to make sure that you're getting the best benefit for every dollar that you're putting into the system. So they're saying, um, yeah, so far the rollout's pretty good. My dad, he's 78, 77. He's expressed interest in getting the vaccine, which I said, hey, go for it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so right now it's uh, all seniors can get it, anybody over 65. And it doesn't matter what your um, place of birth or your kind of your, your citizenship uh, status is. Uh, everybody is equally eligible mm-hmm. uh, if you're in the same category. So all seniors... 
we have all uh, frontline medical workers yeah. uh, and their families now as well. Yes, and, um, and pilots and kind of flight crews. And their families. Yeah, and also people in, working in quarantine hotels. I think quarantine taxi drivers, the people driving from the hotel oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. the... Uh, That's important. Uh, and then local and regional, oh, sorry, and, and national level um, and... Uh, what's it, what do we call it? Um, pandemic prevention sort of staff. Officials and staff, yeah, officials. yeah. So that's not just the people on the front line, but also the people organizing it behind the scenes as well, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. that is true. Mm. Um, also, people who um, have special reasons to travel abroad, I believe um, in particular like Olympic athletes mm, right. That's right, are yeah. included in this. And diplomats. And diplomats are included in this. Um, and these are, uh, I'm referring to Taiwanese diplomats going yes. to other countries in the world. They... Um, are eligible for it. So we're going to keep you up to date on all the latest developments as we uh, continue to open up to more uh, people to get vaccines here in Taiwan. So uh, we're going to just wrap up today. I wanted to show you very quickly uh, this very cool map on uh, Commonwealth. They unveiled a brand new um, website where you can see all of the reservoirs in Taiwan it's a beautifully uh, designed. Yeah. Um, Daniel Gao did that. Check it out. Check it out, and you can find out all the latest and uh, really a wonderful representation of the numbers visually. Um, so have a look at that. Um, but for now, we want to thank you for joining us for Here in Taiwan. I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Stash Butler. Stay tuned for more coming your way. Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. Every week on this show, we take a look at what's trending online in Taiwan, whether it's on social media or if it's a popular news story that, you know, netizens have taken a liking to. This week, though, we're going to be taking a look at the London-based publication The Economist because uh, maybe a little more than a week ago, they came out with an edition of their publication with the headline that said, Taiwan is the most dangerous place on earth. Now, if you've ever been to Taiwan, I I don't know if you have been to Taiwan, but we found, we in Taiwan found this title to be a little baffling. And um, it's not just me, a lot of people online did as well. And they thought that, you know, that's kind of unfair calling Taiwan a dangerous place. And um, I'm gonna delve into why we thought we didn't deserve this title in this week's Hashtag Taiwan. That's coming up right here, right now. I want to start off by saying that I am perfectly safe. I'm A-OK, no problems, 100% fine. Now, you're probably wondering why I feel the need to reassure you of my well-being. Well, that's because last week, The Economist called Taiwan the most dangerous place on Earth. What did Taiwan do to earn that accolade? Well, it's all stuff we've heard before. China claims Taiwan is part of its territory. Taiwan says otherwise. The U.S. kind of says otherwise. China says it will take over Taiwan by force if it has to. The U.S. says it will maybe help Taiwan if that happens. The article says that escalating tensions between Taiwan and China are like sitting on a powder keg. But for those of us who live in Taiwan, the label the most dangerous place on earth 
Seems a little unfair. You're talking about a place with Hello Kitty themed trains. You're talking about a place where a man lost his heirloom watch and found it undisturbed on the side of the street 15 hours later. You're talking about a place where police cars carry teddy bears to comfort children. You're talking about a place where rainbows fall on our tallest landmark. So when people in Taiwan saw this headline, a lot of us went... Um, excuse me. First of all, I don't want to discount the potential danger in the region, but the danger itself is not coming from Taiwan. Second of all, calling Taiwan the most dangerous place on earth takes attention away from dire situations in nearby places like India and Myanmar. In response to the Economist article, Alex Tichy says, Sure, the threat of a conflict here is very serious, but people in Taiwan are living a very peaceful existence with low crime, great health care, functioning government, and no COVID. It's not the most dangerous place on earth. Jenny Lee tweets, Well, they're not wrong. My friends who visit Taiwan from abroad often gain a couple of pounds before leaving. Quite dangerous, I must say, if you are on a diet. It's worth fighting over good food. The article prompted a campaign where people shared photos depicting nature, friendship, and life in Taiwan to poke fun at the title. One of my favorites is from Gwen Wong Reeves. She tweeted this picture with the caption, You can buy cat-shaped toast in the most dangerous place in the world, Taiwan. I need to find out where I can get that toast. Even Andrew Ryan got in on the fun by posting this dangerous move by a local toddler. I mean, I'd probably let her pinch my nose too. Just look at that face. What I'm saying is, Taiwan is not that dangerous. Come see for yourself after this whole COVID-19 thing has blown over. And if you still have your reservations, I'll come pick you up from the airport myself. Though I have to say, hanging out with me is probably more dangerous than not hanging out with me. And that was this week's Hashtag Taiwan. What do you think? Does Taiwan really deserve the title of most dangerous place on earth? I don't know if you could hear it, but I certainly don't think so. Anyway, Hashtag Taiwan is part of a weekly news magazine by Radio Taiwan International called Taiwan Insider. You can find our weekly wrap-up of the biggest news stories in Taiwan online in a video format on either our Facebook pages or our YouTube channel. Our Facebook page is Taiwan Insider, or you go to our YouTube channel, RTI English. Check it out. We've got a lot of news features on those websites, and we also got other special programs, extended interviews, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, if you're there and you like what we're doing, leave us a like, leave us a comment, or send us a message because I'm the one who looks at those uh, inboxes. Anyway, that's about all the time we have this week. Until next week, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. I'll talk to you again very soon. Peace out, y'all. This is Status Update. Hello there, you've just tuned in to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. John Ventrias. I'm Stash Butler. Yes, we're the crew that's going to be reading your letters that you write us and let us know what programs you listened to in this past week and the listening quality. But uh, we're going to update our own personal status a little bit here. So apparently... Um, Stash, you went to a baseball game. Yeah. Your very first in your life, not not the very first. first in Taiwan. Yeah, well, I mean both. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 dual well, honors. yeah. My first ever baseball game. Yeah, that was on Saturday. Was that right? No, on a Sunday actually. Uh, I went to see the Wei Quan Dragons, or the I think the Tianmu Dragons are also known, which is a kind of 
area of Taipei, uh, up in the north. Yes, I used to live there. Really? Yeah, right by that baseball diamond. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. big stadium there. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I was, it was super great. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. people kind of bash baseball for being really, really slow. <laughs> But, no, uh, not as slow as golf. <laughs> well, I don't know. They're quite golf different games. Quite a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I guess in the UK we have cricket, and that's probably arguably even slower. So, um, but yeah, no, I had a great time. So I went with a bunch of friends. Most of them were Americans, so they were helpfully on hand to uh-huh. explain all the oh, you know, okay. intricacies of all the rules and so on. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, and we had a great time, and it was it was very sunny actually. Um, but thankfully we were in shade for oh, okay. most of it uh, and yeah just sitting and, and drinking and eating and just having a general good time in the sun right I know I fell in love with baseball in Japan not mm. but, you know baseball is big in Japan too and it's just not the same watching it there you know really on the diamond yeah what's the difference they're no I organized. actually went... I've been to a baseball game in Japan they're very like the che- the cheering is very Orchestrated. Well, this is apparently what I was what I was hearing the difference between like Taiwan and the US is in that the there's, US, there's they, no cheerleaders. They throw no. Yeah. In the US they throw things. There are no like cheerleaders in in like US baseball from no. what I hear. Right. And there's very much less sort of like like at the game there was like every time there was a, a batter or a pi- I mean a pitcher for the home team there was like a little chant that they do. Yeah. So uh-huh. I forget what one of the ones I feel like yeah. American spectators are much more unruly than that. Really? There's, yeah. They were not Doing unison <laughs> chant. No, you know, I think I remembered wrong. It was actually I, I I watched an actual game in Boston, in the states, mm. and um yeah, and I remember now. Um, we did the wave. They right. do the wave. Like it's a, a very wave. I don't remember that. <laughs> I've been to a, a game in American. one game in the U.S. as well, and I don't remember that at I all. I mean, when when that yeah. happens in 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 football games and soccer games, uh, for us, that's a sign that the game is really boring. So, the way, yeah. You if, do the way. I mean, that's as a classic sign. If if at a football game spectators start doing a Mexican wave, that's because the game is really, really they boring. Need something to distract they need themselves. Something to distract themselves from a really boring game. Oh, that's so, so funny. That's not necessarily. I wouldn't take that. Like for me, that's a sign of like, wow, this the supporters are so bored that they're doing something like this. Oh, that is really funny. But anyway, yeah, I, I used to really enjoy the game when in Japan. Mm. But it is big here, especially the um, the the little league. Uh, you know, the um, uh, the kids. Oh, I really? think it's from junior high, maybe or high school. No, not high school. No, 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 no. Junior mm. high, or oh. maybe even like. Yeah, I do have one friend who was on the high school champions team one wow. year here in Taiwan. Mm. Nice. I yeah. mean, I hear that. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a, my friend's brother came, and he's apparently. He's he's British, but he's kind of like many Brits who are into American sport. You kind of have to because obviously you have no like geographical connection to any of the teams. You have to just kind of decide where you're from. Right. And he decided he was from from Boston, uh, and he decided that he liked the the Celtics or whatever they're called. Not uh, basketball. Uh, Maybe that's, that's basketball. basketball. Okay, well he likes the Celtics and then whatever Red the Boston Sox. Red Sox, right? So those were so for basketball he was Celtics and for. Baseball, he was I've Red used Sox. up all of my knowledge of sports. <laughs> there we go. That one okay. more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he apparently came to Taiwan and was like, oh, uh, it's not quite the same level. I don't know. He says like compared to the US at least. I mean, I guess, you know, it's it's, it's not a really fair comparison to make because. Yeah. Um, I think Taiwanese fans are really into the mascot, right? Yes. Was there, there's the mascot. I, 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 did you see him? I, I think I saw a mascot right? running around. Yeah. yeah. It must be a dragon somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> dragon somewhere. Yeah. I think I actually know now that you mentioned it, one of the cheerleaders. Really? Oh, yes. I think I do. Oh, I think that's the team. 
Oh, for, okay. They work as a cheerleader for one of the teams. Wow. I think that's mm. the one. Is that a good gig? I don't know. I have nest. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Come back to us on that. I want to hear, um, yeah, you know, quit my job here, become a cheerleader. You know, uh, <laughs> maybe I, you get a discount for a baseball game. Not. Ticket. <laughs> <It's> probably not. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, the Tommy's teams, they're really into cheerleaders. Um, cheerleading and it's small, mascots. It's a small league. There's only like what five teams. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah. From what yeah. I understand, they've all kind of variously dropped out at different times because of yeah. match fixing and so and on. One of them has just been restarted not that long ago. I think it's the Tiamul team. Yeah. That's the Tiamul team okay. I went to see. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's okay. so they recently broke the the pitch record. The the like you know what do you call it the ceremonial first pitch mm. type thing. Okay. They had like over a hundred people pitching at one All time. Right. Yeah. Well, Stash, get to it. get into it because I think baseball is a national sport. Here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's get to the letters. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Do write us and let us know what programs to listen to and what you think about them. Our address is PO Box one two three dash one nine nine Taipei Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti dot org dot tw. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel and leave us a comment there. All right, my first one here is a handwritten letter by our twelve-year-old listener from Japan. He's Kosuke Yomaru, and uh, let's see here. He listened in on April eighteenth. It was at one five three two zero kilohertz, and he's he looks like he listened to the news. Oh no, maybe it was a newsmaker, and then uh, brain games, and then John, your program, Curious John, in ear to the ground. He didn't say which episodes though, and also feeds me West. That's also another of uh, Andrew's program here. Um, simple rating was anywhere from twos to threes to fives, so I guess it can be better. Uh, let's see here. Um, under comments, it says, "Hello everyone at Radio Taiwan International. I enjoyed the program today as well. Um, RTI Newsmaker is accurate and straightforward." Okay. What's the lifestyle of Taiwan? I'm interested in Taiwan. I'm proud to listen to RTI programs. Taiwanese pop song songs are very good. Recently, I enjoyed a special RTI program on the internet. It says here, I really appreciate it. Xie xie, he wrote it in Chinese characters. You've been of great assistance to me. Uh, once the information is verified, please give me a Kyosau card. Well, no problem with that. And so that was Kosuke Yamaru of Japan. We have a letter here from a listener I don't believe we've heard from before, but who says that he wrote in a, a number of years ago oh. and hadn't heard back from us. So he's catching okay. up with us here. This is Arto Toysu, who's writing to us from Finland. It says, Dear Sirs, uh, on April, on the 18th of April 2013, I sent you a report concerning reception of your station in Finland. Uh, since I haven't received any reply from you, I presume that my letter may have been lost in the mail. I also understand if you haven't had enough time for replying. For me, it was very memorable to hear your station. Now and then I've tried to tune in again, but I haven't succeeded yet. Therefore, please find enclosed a copy of my earlier reception report. He also says that, uh, isn't it marvelous how radio waves can travel such long distances from Taiwan in the Pacific to Ahtari in Finland? And uh, it's it's a report dating back to 2013. Oh wow! We got it this time. Wow! It finally oh, no, came through. Really? Oh yes. Uh, and he, interesting note here. Uh, he listens to it on a radio that, if I understand this letter correctly, is a very vintage piece of mm. equipment, 1954. <gasps> wow! Wow! Still in working condition, apparently. It was seems to have been mostly music and some information about technical difficulties. The station identification 
And it says that uh, we are having technical difficulties. So I guess on April 13, 2013, although I don't particularly remember, we were having technical difficulties. <laughs> it says it about twice here. Wow. But there was some good music, it sounds like. And the reception was good. Four, 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 three, four. Thank you for your program. Your confirmation of my reception will be very much appreciated. We'll, we'll make sure to get back to you yeah. this time around. Yeah. Really. <laughs> a bit faster than eight years later this time. <laughs> Uh, I have a letter here from Andrew Kuznetsov. Uh, He's writing to us from Latvia. Uh, He says, from Riga in Latvia, says, Dear friends from RTI English section, I sent to your attention reception report on reception of your shortwave transmission on shortwaves. If all details mentioned by me are correct, I ask you to confirm this report by QSL card. He gives his email and his postal address. Uh, He says the date of reception was April 23rd, uh, 2021, uh, between... Uh, 1600 and 1625 UTC. Uh, he listened to the opening music, This is Taiwan International ID, news bulletin by John Van Trieste, an RTI survey promo, uh, more news bulletin, and Taiwan Insider uh, with uh, Andrew and Natalie discussing Chinese Air Force flights near the Taiwan Strait and the US-Japan Security Treaty. He was listening on a uh, frequency of 9405 kilohertz, and his simple rating was 25432 and he writes in brackets, very weak. Mm. Uh, so it's so a mixed there. Um, and yeah, that's coming to us again from Andrew Kuznetsov from Riga in Latvia. All right. I've got another handwritten letter. This one is by Mr. Brian Webb of New Zealand. Um, he listened in, it looks like, uh, uh, April 8th. Okay, it's a while back, but uh, we just got it. And um, he used the 9405 um, kilohertz frequency. It uh, looks like he listened to my program, In the Spotlight, and it was interviewed with a female guest about her Shanghai experience. Oh, that's got to be Claire Lee, who was actually a former RTI colleague with the Chinese service. Oh. Yeah, she's now a partnership manager with um, a basketball team uh, called the Lioneers. Also, let's see here. On another day, uh, this was April 13th, he listened to, let me see here, on the line that would have been with Carlson Wong. Yeah, very nice handwritten letter here. So thank you again, um, Mr. Brian Webb of New Zealand. Thank you. I've got a letter here from Roger Tidy writing to us from London in the UK. It says, hello again. My third report for this month concerns your broadcast of April 25th, Sunday, April 25th. As usual, your internet quality Audio quality was excellent. The programs heard were in the spotlight, news playlist, classic shorts, and on the line. Under comments, it says, the most interesting program in the broadcast was on the line, which this time consisted of an interview with Professor Edward Chen on the recent enhancement of official contacts between Taiwan and the U.S. following an announcement by President Biden. The professor, moreover, also drew attention to the recent joint military exercises held by the U.S. with Japan, South Korea, and other friendly nations, which are indicative of the United States' commitment to the defense of the region in which Taiwan is situated. Taiwan-U.S. relations were also covered in News Playlist, the lead story of which was about a U.S. delegation that has recently visited your country. This program also included stories about a student who has invented an environmentally friendly plastic cup that doesn't need the addition of a plastic lid, an announcement by Citigroup that it is to withdraw consumer banking from Taiwan and 12 other countries, news about about COVID-19 vaccinations, and an item about Parkinson's disease. There was also an item about swimmer Eddie Wong. Wong's voice speaking Chinese was heard as a backdrop to the report, but the volume of his voice was too loud and distracted me from Natalie's narrative. I also heard in the spotlight, which featured part two of Shirley's interview with the young journalist Alicia Chen. 
One of the most interesting comments to emerge from this program was Shirley's observation that there is only a small amount of foreign news coverage in Taiwanese newspapers, which I think is a pity. The same situation is true of the British tabloid press, but fortunately, we also have a variety of quality papers that do contain a fair amount of world news, and that is also true of the BBC World Service. The final program I want to comment on is classic shorts. Surprisingly, in this week's edition of the program, which was about poems reflecting spring, Natalie read a poem by the famous British poet William Wordsworth, as well as two poems by the Tang-era poet Zhu Fu. That was fine, but I was surprised to hear that Wordsworth's name was mispronounced as William Linworth, or Limworth, although it was written correctly on your program page. Best wishes, Roger Tidy. Wow, interesting. <laughs> Don't know how to speak to Natalie about that. Uh, I have a, a email here, a letter here from Sanil Deep, who's writing to us from Kerala in India. He says, Sir, once again, it is my pleasure to write you again. Attached is my monthly report of May for your station. I hope it's useful to your engineering department. I would appreciate two QSL cards from you. I'm pleased to stand as a station monitor. Uh, he says, now there is a high increase in the COVID-19 cases reported this week from Calicut in Kerala State, where I'm staying. Partial lockdown was introduced as a safety measure. Authorities are warning to be careful while going outside, and it's reported that 50% of cases uh, orig- originate from home from within the home. Uh, he also warns that they also warn that the number will increase in coming weeks, uh, and the number of people attending offices, going into work, has been reduced uh, to 25%. Uh, and there are more than 5,000 people uh, being affected by this every day. Just the classics, he says, is well presented, and he enjoys the 25-minute program. Uh, status update is becoming pop- more, more and more popular every week because of the coordination of the hosts with good presentation. Well, there uh, you well, go. well done, guys. <laughs> uh, this program makes your listeners contact each other and maintain friendship. Uh, and he would like to ask, uh, answer, ask to answer a question, which is, is the second wave of COVID-19 over in Taiwan? I don't think we had one. We didn't really have one. We didn't really one. have, yeah. I mean, we're kind of, we're kind of having mini, I mean, mini waves, but they're more, not really uh, waves so much as sort of ripples. So uh, far, yeah. let's hope that that remains the yes, case. Yes, we'll hope so. We'll hope so. And that's yes. coming to us again from Sanil Deep from Kerala in India. All right. I've got one from Eddie Utanto. I think he also goes by Eddie Prabowo um, of Indonesia. And he listened on May 5th at 9405 kilohertz. Symbol rating was 44434. He said the audio was heard relatively strong and clear with noise fading and minor QRM sound, the excess from the other station. And uh, but under program details, though, he listened to Just the Classics with Freddie Lim. Um, yeah, of Katonic, the mm. heavy metal band. Thonic. Who was Katonic. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, that was hosted by Paula Chow. And then um, RTI English infos uh, on schedules, times and frequencies and such. Okay. Well, thank you so much. That was Eddie Prabowo of Jakarta, Indonesia. I've got a letter here from Janta Chakrabarti, who's writing in to us uh, from New Delhi in India. It says, please receive the following report on your shortwave broadcast of May 5th, 2021. The reception quality on your 19-meter band broadcast is good with strong signal. I would be thankful if the report is verified with a printed QSL card as and when the postal services are back to normal. This was, of course, our May 5th, 2021 broadcast, as we just said, uh, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Reception quality was all fours, so fairly good. Some details of the program. I enjoyed the news item on Taiwan's economic minister Wang Meihua's assertion that the proposed EU carbon tax is unlikely to impact local industries in a major way. Firstly, Taiwan's potential industries coming under the ambit exports a minuscule 3-5% to, to the EU. 
Moreover, she has rightly wanted to be assured that the carbon tax does not violate the WTO's non-discrimination policy. Taiwan is lucky to have a pragmatic government that thinks ahead of time. The affected industries have already been geared to improve on manufacturing processes and be efficient than in most countries. Example has been stated in respect of the country's largest steel manufacturing, China Steel, which has greatly improved manufacturing processes. Wishing all at RTI good health and happiness. Please stay safe and sound. With warm regards, Jayanta Chakrabarty of New Delhi, India. All right. Well, and that ends uh, this week's uh, status update. Thank you so much for your letters. But we really want you to continue to write us and let us know what programs to listen to and your thoughts about them. So, our address is PO Box One Two Three Dash One Nine Nine Taipei Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti dot org dot tw. And of course, you can always let us know what you think on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. All right. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste, and I'm Stash Butler. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me/radiotaiwanintl. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me/radiotaiwanintl for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.